Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Quandre Diggs. To my Tariq Bull, and it's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? You know, prepare to be subtweeted from your own podcast account. <laughs> and our very <laughs> own uh, Devin Witherspoon, the tone setter, Eric Ronovic. Eric, how you doing? Uh, young, brash, have no idea what I'm doing because I haven't played a game. Okay. So, <laughs> um, speaking of defensive backs, let's get right into it. Um I was watching uh, ESPN, unfortunately, and Ryan Clark and Tony Dungy were ranking the top de- quarter cornerback duos in the NFL. And uh, other than Dungy actually saying something smart, which was that the best duo is the one with the best defensive line. I was like, oh, that's that's actually pretty clever because, you know, as Eric always says, if we're getting pressure, the DBs are going to look better. Uh, but uh, they ranked Willen and Witherspoon in the top five defensive back duos uh, at number four. Do, do, do you think that this is a, a little bit too much hype for like a, a guy who had one season and a guy who has never played a snap of NFL football or do they deserve to be thought of as one of the best cornerback duos in the league, Eric? Uh, I think I think the case can be made. Um, we all know that the second year, I guess the sophomore year coming off of a big contract, um, that's uh, I don't know. I feel like that's the danger zone. Oh, like second second contract player. That's like the that's when you're that's when you start to feel like they. Yeah, in the second to, year. So like the the first the first year of that second contract, you're like, oh yeah, they we did it. You know, this is the this we got the, the guy, guy that's you know who's who's gonna do everything. And then next year, oh, he fell off a little bit, and that happened. I mean, you can look back at anyone the Seahawks have lost. You're like, oh man, I'm sad we lost that guy, Ken Lucas. I'm sorry we lost <laughs> we lost that guy, DJ Reed. I'm sorry oh, we Kelly lost Jennings, that guy. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, Kelly Jennings is always oh no. Speaking of DJ Reed, like I looked into DJ Reed because the number one was Sauce and DJ Reed, and I was like, how good was DJ Reed last year? And I found out two things: one, he was very good last year for the Jets, and two, Sauce Gardner didn't travel at all for the Jets last year. He played on one side of the field the entire time, and it's because the Jets had like so much confidence in DJ Reed. I'm like, oh man, DJ Reed, he was a dude. I'm glad that we got a little bit of the DJ Reed experience here in Seattle. Like, and he deserved the big money. Good job for him. He did. No, um, but I think um, Actually, the reason why Sauce didn't travel is because he was worried about getting in other people's personal space. This is true. He's he and Pete. Oh my gosh, one of the greatest battles <laughs> of all time. Gotta uh, gotta protect your bubble. So yeah, hey, I, I I agree, though. That you're just, you know his uh, least favorite video game Tariq's, Tariq's young. <laughs> Tariq's young. Tariq's young and hungry. That's bad. I'm, I'm banned. I'm a mute, I'm muting you temporarily. No, uh, I got a reaction out of you. Uh, the the Tariq, Tariq is hung, young and hungry. I agree. And and Witherspoon has the has the the pedigree. I don't know. It might be a little hasty to just throw him straight in the top five. But I mean, Trevon Diggs was in the top five, and I'm not a big. Uh, I'm, as as you guys know, I'm a big like that guy is go, going to be feast or famine his entire career. Trevon Diggs, truth. Well, and so. his teammate is uh, is Steph- uh, Stephon Gilmore, who is on the decline. Yeah, this is I true. mean the pedig- the pedigree is there, but yes, he's moving on. He's on the way down. Kevin, do you have any thoughts about these uh, cornerback duos? Well, I think Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard is um, a really easy one to put up there. Uh, I think Slay and Bradbury both have enough of a track record where I think their spot in the top five makes a lot of sense. Um, and then I think uh, Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis for Tampa Bay. Uh, I think, and Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, those are all in contention. I, I have a hard time putting a rookie who hasn't played a snap 
into the discussion for top whatever. But if you ask me coming out of the season, do I think that the Seahawks are going to be um, in the top five? I think there's a really good chance they are. So I would consider them top five contenders, but I have trouble putting them there before the season, before you take a snap. If it's different corner- than wide receiver. If these cornerbacks are as good as people think they are, or we think they might be, uh, we could see we get a multiple 10 sack guys this year because we almost had multiple 10 sack guys last year with uh, with Michael Jackson. He he. I don't have the soundboard hooked up right now, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have the soundboard. But uh, but yes, that we could be we could be moving in that direction with multiple. Well, and I think it's, guys would be so exciting. It's hard to when you think about almost having you know, so many 10 sack guys last year, it's hard to think about because we weren't very good against the run. And I always feel like those things go hand in hand because it, it shows the overall strength of a defensive line. I think with our cornerbacks getting better and our pass rush, arguably improving a little bit. Um, I feel like it's going to, yes, get better, but maybe that run defense will not. Yeah. You know, teams aren't going to be able to run the ball against us, though, when we're throwing it all over the yard. They're going to have to, like, if our offense is clicking the way that it should be, they are going to have to pass on us in order to be able to keep up. Yeah. All right. So the uh, speaking of defensive backs, defensive back Jason McCordy was on NFL Network, and he said about Doug Baldwin that he was scarier than my sleep paralysis demon. And then the <laughs> NFL Network tweeted. <laughs> yeah. The NFL Network tweeted, like, is Doug Baldwin the most underrated wide receiver of all time? And Russell Wilson quote tweeted it and said, yes. All right, Kevin, uh, how underrated is Doug Baldwin, really? Uh, So we talk a lot about how Tyler Lockett is underrated. Um, And that's just because he took over Doug Baldwin's mantle as most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. Um, He had 2,000-yard seasons for a Seahawks team that didn't believe throwing the ball was a thing. I, like it, when the guy got over a hundred targets, he basically got a thousand yards. Um, the biggest thing with him is uh, he is, I, I directly correspond my scouting of Tyler Lockett to my watching of Doug Baldwin, because Doug Baldwin is the person who taught me that it doesn't matter what else you do. If you have Velcro for hands, if you got those stick hands, and you catch everything, then you're a chains mover and you're a guy who positively impacts an offense. So I think that the fact that he isn't talked about like, you know, Wes Welker or Julian Edelman because they were on the paths um, and those other possession, like elite possession. Jarvis, Jarvis Landry. Like, I yep. feel like that's like the most to me, that's like the most comparable player. And you hear about Jarvis Landry every year, every year. Someone will say, oh, Jarvis Landry's so underrated. Um it is a little bit of the the whole, you know, if you talk about a guy being underrated this much, does he start to become just properly rated? And I do think Doug Baldwin comes up very quickly in the underrated ride receivers. And he shouldn't be too highly rated. I mean, his peak was three years and the rest of his career was pretty just um, it was OK. And he retired early at 30. Right. He yeah. just he walked he walked That's away kind thing. of he walked away kind of at his peak where he could have probably put up three or four more. 500 plus yard seasons and really padded the stats he just didn't he chose not to do that it was also his injury history like he was really starting to get hurt and not just banged up like he was starting to you know see the surgeries he saw that on the horizon and i i think he retired at the perfect time yeah he walked he walked i mean he's still only 34 he could come back let's let's get let's get dug in practice squad uniform all right i have one last thing i want to rant a little bit 
about uh, running back value. Okay. Ooh, always P- a good rant. The the uh, the nerds were out in force this week once again, just slamming the Seahawks, slamming the Seahawks for using second round picks on running backs and uh, talking about how the value is so bad. And I mean, yes, think of all the three sack defensive ends we could have had that got drafted after Ken Walker last year. And, and I would have loved to have one of those three sack defensive ends and then have our starting running back be uh I don't even know who was the next guy available. We, everyone was hurt last year. We would probably have to bring beast mode back out of retirement again. So, but I want, I want the, I want the nerds to, uh, to, I say the nerds. I want to speak to them in their language, uh, statistics, their favorite language. Here are the top five rushers from last year. Josh Jacobs, uh, round one, pick 24, Derek Henry, round two, pick 45, Nick Chubb, round two, pick 35, Saquon Barkley, round one, pick two and Miles Sounders. Round two, pick 53. So, yes, while some may say that these teams who draft running backs have no idea what they're doing, all of the good ones uh, somehow got drafted in the first two rounds. I guess they just, the NFL teams just don't know what they're doing. They're just picking the good players instead of trying to take chances on trenches, guys who have done very little in the NFL. I, I, I will agree. I'm also mad that we did not pick Landon Dickerson, but like, <laughs> I, I I think Russell Wilson had a prima donna moment about having a left-handed center. Like I, there's no other explanation. We needed a center bad. I I that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Other than that, like yeah, I can like we miss it. Just get over it. <laughs> like it's a it's they, they pick the best player. Like that's what they do, and that's a good way to approach the draft. And we see it. We saw it last year, and we're now we're seeing it this year. I think we have another really stacked draft class coming in. The Seahawks' new strategy of like, do you know what? We're not going to worry too much about where we need. We're going to project. I really do think they wanted Keanu Benton at the at the uh, Charbonnet pick, but he went three picks ahead of us, and there's really nothing you can do about it. Once that happens, you don't want them to reach for the next nose tackle. That that's like way down their board. Pick the best guy. It's way better to have good players than it is to have bad players. You can fill in the gaps in free agency if you have to. Like that's that's what free agency is for. So, do you think that some of this comes from? people mad that we didn't pick a quarterback like you can go back to last draft of well oh, the every every single pick every single pick us people saying we should have picked malik willis just every, yes. after every single pick malik willis and this year and look like, how that worked out well the seahawks are picking and you know Hayden hooker's still good on about the board. that <laughs> like, yeah we don't want those guys no it, it, is there anyone that in the nfl i trust more about qb evaluation at this point than pete carroll Probably not. Now, if not, if the rumors are true that we wanted Mahomes and we we went really hard in trying to trade Russ for Josh Allen, like if those rumors are true, and 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 the way they've developed Geno as like a a viable option in the background, yeah, there's not many people in the NFL. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's a guy I trust for QB evaluation more than Pete Carroll. Pete, Pete, they know what they're looking for, and they know what what's going to make a good quarterback. If they didn't like any of the guys, I think Richardson was their dude. I think they wanted Richardson at five. They were all in on Richardson. When he went at four, they went with their next best guy. They went with their be- the, the top guy on their board, which was Witherspoon. Um, does not surprise me it was a cornerback because I think Witherspoon and Gonzalez were like the next two guys for me too. So, yeah, it's it's what happened. It's the way the draft broke. As uh, as John Schneider likes to say, there were some upsets. <laughs> and you, you don't reach on your draft board just because there were some upsets. You don't take – if. I think they had a round one grade on Charbonnet. So if you have a round one grade on a guy and you're not, you don't take a round three guy because you think, oh, well, we we don't need a running back. Ken Walker is is good. You just take your guy and you make and you make it work. So yeah, that's a uh, that's my rant. I'm done. Any, uh, you guys got any nerd running back comments? 
just to supplement that, uh, I think that the argument against taking a running back in round one is a little bit easier to make just because the value of the fifth year option, you end up overpaying the running back position by quite yeah. a bit. You don't want the fifth year option on a running back for sure. Yeah, I don't. I would agree with that because the, the fifth year option on a running back three? is like market top of the market. Right. Yeah, like Bijan Robinson's going to be making the most money of any running back. Now, Bijan Robinson, I could believe, is the best running back in the NFL, or like will be. He so kind of has to be though. To like the way that yeah, he's exactly. the way, the, because of his draft capital and like the the salary goes with it, he has to be one of the best running backs in the NFL. It is a lot riskier. I'm not saying pick Saquon at 102. That is stupid. I agree. Like pick Saquon at 102 is too high. That's too high. Even if Saquon is really good, that's not a good move. But the the drafting running backs in the second round, that's like where you take the good running backs. Look at the good running backs in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor and uh, these guys that are really good, they get picked in the second round. Ken Walker. Yeah, the hit rate in rounds two and three, and we've already done this on a podcast before, the hit rate in round two and three is exponentially higher. So, like, yeah, you can get a, round, a day three running back or a UDFA running back that ends up being a solid starter. But if you draft a running back in round two or three and you believe your scouting team is at all good, the odds are heavily in favor of yourself getting a good RB one or RB two. So yeah. I think that I think, yeah, I think there's a legitimate point to be made there of getting a, it's, it's like we talked about getting a um, rotational edge player on day two is just always a nice thing. They don't have to be great. They can provide value in a lot of ways like Charbonnet. If he just fix our short yardage issues and we are able to sustain drives a little bit more, no one's going to be mad about that from a day two pick. Like, it's hard to regret getting a quality role player or um, decent starter uh, outside of round one. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. Like, totally, like, why people get so frustrated. Like, this is the, those are the rounds you want the team to be picking and uh, a running back. Like, I get it. You don't want to pick them in the first round. The Rashad Penny pick was a, a overpay and it. Really didn't work out. Yeah. yeah when really Penny was when Penny was on the field, though, if he would have just been on the field at that level the whole four years, I don't think anyone says a word about that pick. It's just you know injuries and bad luck, and uh, that could happen to any player. It doesn't matter the position. So but okay, you, know, you don't really hear that about pro size because he was in round three. Yeah, I just I think the strategy <laughs> also of played like, three games. <laughs> take a take a take a take a running back in like round two, three, or four every year, and just like. Like they they've been doing that lately. The, the Dallas and then Dallas was round three, correct? Um, uh, round three or around, four. Yeah, and then just take take a guy, take the guy that you like, and stack them up, stack them all up. Let the running back room work itself out. I actually have a really hot take about the Seahawks running back this year. You ready? I think yes. Charbonnet leads Charbonnet leads the team in rushing yards. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, I, I think I don't think it's going to be particularly super close. I think it'll be like not like a thousand to like six fifty for Walker or something. Like a lot of yards together, but Charbonnet is going to take a big chunk of the workload more than people think. Because DJ was round four. DJ was uh, round, four. round okay. six. Yeah. Uh, Penny round one. Yeah. Like we take a running yeah. back every year, though. Take a running back every year and just like we don't have let it shake picks. out. And this year we took two. Macintosh might be a dude. I, I expect him not to get much time unless someone gets hurt, but that seems to happen a lot for us, so he probably will get yeah, to play. <laughs> I was going to say, how long do we think that Travis Homer was going to be just an occasional third down back, and then it 
one year. The block, the the block God. The, the Bears got a good real one. For, uh, congratulations. All right. What I so, love was Homer's once a year screen pass he took for way too many yards. That was my favorite thing that Homer did. <laughs> you guys ready to? We're going to pick. We're going to do our picks for each game for the regular season. We'll go through the week by week schedule, say how we feel about the schedule kind of overall and in, uh, in, in total. So, Eric. Yes. We're going to start with you. Week one, Sunday afternoon against the Los Angeles Rams. What do you think? Best, that a, that... best thing about this is that it's against the Rams, and the Rams are going to be terrible yet again. Uh, I did read that uh, the Rams are looking to trade Matthew Stafford again, which means full tank, and um, I don't know. That's, that's kind of sad for Matt Stafford. Just retire already, buddy. Uh, week one against the Rams – Guys, I got that as a big dub. Yeah, Kevin, do you agree? Is that a is that a dub? Is that a dub for you? Seems like a win, a very winnable game. Yeah, if this is a game that if the Seahawks are a serious team, they will win. It's at home. There's no reason not to. Um, again, Rams are rebuilding. They got rid of Ramsey. Uh, they will be as healthy as they are going to be probably. So, like, this will probably be them at their best. But I think them at their best this season is not a playoff team. All right, we'll go. I also think we'll win. It's very. Very guys set up. The early season is set up for us to succeed. Well, now we get to play a team we played last year, a team that see. You guys remember the Seahawks versus Lions game last year? Ooh, shootout! Yeah, great yeah, game. It was points, 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 points. Uh, final score of what was it? Fifty-one twenty-nine. Uh, I thought it was like 42, no, no, no. 48, 48. 48. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Forty-eight, forty-five. I would say it was a close game. Yes, forty-eight, forty-five. I, I went. I accidentally went to like a like a. I don't know if that was like a. That was the last game. The last game of the previous season. Okay, so <laughs> forty-eight, forty-eight, forty-five. Uh, Jamal Williams with nineteen carries for one hundred eight yards and two touchdowns. Penny went off one hundred fifty-one yards and two touchdowns. Metcalf one hundred forty-nine receiving. Hawkinson just killed us one seventy-nine for two touchdowns. Luckily, he has been replaced now by uh, rookie Sam Laporta. Correct. Yep, that's their that's their new guy. So okay. Eric, what do you think about the Lions? Is that a good matchup for us going to Detroit? Um, it's going to be a little harder than last year, I think, in the sense that Detroit's going to be more of a complete team. However, like you said, this this year, the early part of the schedule sets us up to kind of like it did last year. Like You're going to take a lot of games early if you want to have a chance at the playoffs. I think we're a better team than the Lions. I really do, especially with um, just how they're growing into their own. I think it's going to be another shootout. Seahawks win. Kevin, what do you think? Um, I think that uh, the Detroit game and the Giants game are both kind of early season points of going like, hey, are we a playoff contending team? Because those, I think, are two teams that will also contend for the playoffs. Um, The big difference here between the teams, I think that uh, Geno is a better version of what Jared Goff is. And I think our secondary is a lot further along than their secondary. Like, they signed Mosley... Uh, and Cameron Sutton and uh, Gardner Johnson. And so theoretically their secondary should be upgraded. Um, You know, Brian Branch might be uh, playing their uh, good draft pick, uh, Kirby Joseph in the second year, but I still think our secondary is better than theirs. And I think that should be the difference in this game. I, I really, I suspect another shootout. I do. I, but I think that the Seahawks have gotten better faster than the lions. I think that that's the, that's just the shit, them shit, the shakes right now. So I also agree. I think this is a W. I, I like it as a as a sneaky early schedule win. So next up, Seahawks head home, back home. Okay, one hundred five again. This time to face the Bryce Young 
and the Carolina Panthers. Oh, could I be think Andy this Dalton is the Carolina Panthers. Could be Andy Dalton and the Carolina Panthers. It could. I doubt it, but it could be. It could be. Wait, what was the other guy that we talked about last week? Matt Corral. Matt Corral. Could be, could be no, Matt, Corral Matt Corral and the Carolina Panthers. Could be. You never know. Um, I uh, I suspect for me, Showdown I'm gonna we're gonna go, not okay. Corral. We're gonna go reverse order on this one. I'm gonna go first. Uh, I think that's a win, guys, boys, boys. I think this is a I think this is a dub. I think the Seahawks can get it done against Carolina. Uh, that that's a win for me. What, what do you what do you think, Kev? Uh, you know, I think this is a dub, boys. Uh, JC Horn's come in been pretty good. Uh, Dante Jackson is like really up and down. Like this is not a team without talent. And in a really down NFC South, I could see them being a playoff contender. But I just think the Seahawks have a better roster overall. Uh, yeah, I have. A, I also have the Seahawks winning this. The average height of a defensive lineman, I think, is like six three and a half, and Bryce Young is only three six. So that's a win for the Seahawks. Kevin, this is Take you, tower over Bri- you, ta- you tower over Bryce Young. Um, right. We could have drafted him sorry. and given uh, Andre Diggs a confidence if, if Kevin played Bryce Young in basketball, he's just going for post-ups. He's just like post <laughs> And then, and then uh, afterwards, he gets the shots going too small. Unless uh, it's the Jimmy Clausen-led Panthers. Sorry. Uh, all right. The week four, Mon- Monday night football, Seahawks at Jets. We have us coming no. into this game no, 3-0. Wrong. The New wrong, York wrong. football Giants. Oh, it's Giants. Yeah. Oh, I, it just says – my thing just says at New York, and I was like, oh, it's the Jets. I'm excited. The Giants sucks. That's not That's not as fun. I don't like the Giants. I don't think that has to stop our the rec- podcast and read our recent, our recent history against the Giants is like massive amounts of depression. Like what, what are the last three – like the last three Seahawks-Giants games that we've played? Is it that bad? I mean, like, we have the it, game that we lost to. Uh, uh, um, let's see. Oh, we, uh, what's we his beat name? Them Cole McCoy. We beat them twenty-seven thirteen last year. It was thirteen thirteen in the fourth quarter, and I remember feeling so stressed because I was at when Graham Gano made that field goal. Like, are we about to blow it again against the freaking New York Giants? Uh, and then, yeah, then the the, the depression bowl where we uh, where we lost to to freaking. Uh, Colt McCoy. Uh, Colt McCoy. Uh, the then who's, then it's four straight. That, then though? it's four straight Seahawks wins before that. So the recent history is good. We're ten and ten all time against the Giants. Maybe I'm just just overrating that Colt. The Colt McCoy gave me <laughs> lost, that gave felt me a lot like of, five losses. Was, I'll have a lot of psychic damage from, from that loss. <laughs> My, that felt like the Russell Wilson era at that time was in danger of being, over. as the kids would say, emotional damage. Yeah, Eric, what do you what do you think? Is at at Giants on Monday Night Football? Are you feeling good about that one? I really am. Uh, I it's hard to picture us being four and zero at this point in the season. So maybe we've got one wrong here. But I don't feel like the Giants are that good of a team. I think uh, Daniel Jones is just not the guy to beat us. I don't like the rest of their team. I think this has got to be a win for us. Uh, I think that we can victimize their secondary. Adoree Jackson is their best corner, and he is not as good as our second best wide receiver. Um, their offensive line, if it improves, they are pretty good. And the thing is, Brian Dable's a good coach. Uh, Wink Martindale's a good uh, defensive coordinator. Mike Kafka's been part of a lot of really good offensive coaching staffs, so I've got to believe he has some ability. This is a well-coached team. They were able to make the playoffs last year basically by just being overwhelmingly competent. But mm-hmm. I don't just, see how they took a big step. Yeah. Do I like, think we we're better? We should beat them if we're a playoff team. 
Do I think we're better than the Giants? Yes. But I do think that this schedule sets us up to be three and one, like Eric said, and I'm going to pick a loss here. It was either here or Detroit. And I just think the matchup is worse for us a little bit in New York compared to Detroit. Um, the, 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 the running offense of the Giants is a problem. Uh, with the with the problems we've had stopping the run game and like their whole offense is just Daniel Jones run Saquon Barkley run if <clears throat> if if either of those guys are injured or the running thing is just not working that sh- we we should win this game it's a it's a coin flip for me but I'm going to give us a loss here uh all right we come out of the bye really early bye week 5 bye we all agree this the sucks. earliest bye possible week 5 it's is the, the worst. five is the Gross. worst is the first week that you can get a bye so yeah that's not ideal the absolute dirt worst. Okay, then uh, we go to at Cincinnati coming out of the bye. Yikes. Big yikes. Uh, Eric, what do you think? Uh, after a week of taking it easy, the Hawks have been eating Skyline Chili for a whole week and a half. I got it as a big loss. This this game's tough. It's it's tough because it's it's coming out of the bye, right, Kevin? Like we could we should be really prepared to to beat to beat the Bengals. Do we got a shot? We in this should, one? and we're typically a good team coming out of the bye. But this is a big test. I think the Bengals are one of the better teams in the NFL right now. Um, the the wide receiver core is really really good, and well, our corners are very good. They're also very young. Uh, I think their defense is really solid. They've got uh, Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard who can both rush rush the passer. They added Miles Young, like. Or Miles Murphy, I mean, um, they. This is a really like a very solid team, and if we can get pass rush going and their offensive line hasn't taken a step, then we can have a conversation about maybe being able to squeak one out. But this is the first game on the schedule that I'm counting as a as a as a loss. Like this would be an upset if we win it, and yeah, it, would, we'll be- it immediately launches us into like serious contender if we do. Uh, I I think that we'll, we will deservedly be pretty sizable underdogs in this game, like six and a half point underdogs. It's a tough one. Uh, the Seahawks can win this game. I just don't expect them to. So I'm yeah, gonna they're coming off a game against the Cardinals. I get, and like, and they're going into their own bye week. Like that's that's also like yeah. they could kind of rest against the Cardinals because we'll talk about that coming up. Speaking then, of the Cardinals, yes, that's who we play next, Kevin. Let's just go to it, Kevin. Uh, the Cardinals at home. What a way to bounce back from a very difficult game at Cincinnati where win or lose, you get to bounce back against this Cardinals team that just looks like an absolute mess, right? Yeah, the, the best thing about an early buy is when you get another buy two weeks later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, they they might be shutting it down by this point. Like, we're, they'll be like, okay, we're in week seven. We're 0-6. Let's uh let's start shutting this one down. <laughs> Clearly, this isn't going anywhere. Uh, I I don't see how they really upgraded their team in a significant way, aside from some of the draft picks they have, and they're without their quarterback that they basically have the entire offense based around. So it's possible that just going from the worst coach in the NFL to maybe an average coach helps a little bit, but just it's it's a talent issue. Like they lost two of their best defensive players. Buda Baker wants out. And honestly, they should probably trade him while he has value. Um, like they're going to be leaning a lot on James Connor. And I don't know how much longer the wheels stay on that wagon. Like this is not, this is not great. This might be this, a Clayton tune led team. The the whole, like yeah. I get Buda Baker. Why he's, why he's frustrated. It's like, yeah. this is a bottle year. You only have so many years in the NFL and they're, they're basically throwing this whole year away to get the number one pick and either trade down or pick Caleb Williams. And like, 
while that is good, like that's for as from a franchise perspective, like that is what they should do. It's also a little bit if you're on the team, like how does that feel? Like oh, it, we did, they didn't even do they didn't do anything to replace Kyler. They were like teams take no. but players don't. Yeah, it's like it's like it's got to be really hard mentally for him to to be like, hey, yeah, Kyler's hurt, and what did they do to try to fill that gap? Oh, they went and got uh, Colt McCoy and Jeff Driscoll and David Blau. Like, yikes! It's not fun, not fun, not fun for the uh, for the players who currently work for the Cardinals. All right, uh, see Eric, you're in agreement. Arizona's a win. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it should be a slaughter. Yeah, sweet. So, all right, Seahawks Nest Australia will be in attendance for the next game Sunday, October 29th versus Cleveland. Okay, I, I said when he told me when when uh when not uh, he told me that he was coming, I said you get to boo the massage therapist molester in person. Congratulations. Um, do, are you afraid of Deshaun Watson, Eric? How do you feel? I am. I am alert for Deshaun Watson. I don't. Okay. I'm not scared of him, uh, mainly because I am not a massage therapist. Um, I wait. You're not. He's. I think he's a capable quarterback. Um, Everyone tried to narrow down Eric's day job. You can cross that one off the list. Right. <laughs> You'll never guess. It's exciting and boring. Now all you um, know is he's not a teacher and he's not a masseuse. Yeah, that's uh, you only get 50 guesses. Um, yeah, I, I feel like you still won't get it. Uh, I think that, <laughs> and boy, oh boy, uh, do I got to go back tomorrow? Uh, no, this is a funny game because I think it's going to be close. I think we're going to win. My view on the schedule is let's be realistic, but also kind of take the win where you should get a win. So Four games in, I said, man, I really don't think we're going to be 4-0, but I'm going to pick 4-0. Uh, here, I got to pick a win here because as we keep talking, this schedule just gets a little a little, a little, little too dangerous for my liking. Okay. Uh, so did you pick win, though? Win. I pick win. Win. Okay. I also pick win here. I just think Cleveland backed themselves into a corner and didn't have the talent to justify it. And now, it, now they are they are bearing the rotten fruit that they have sown. Unfortunate for them, I guess they did it to themselves. Kevin, what a, what it what do you think about Cleveland? Be- I think it depends on if you think their wide receiver core is good or washed. Like they've got a Amari lot of Cooper. really talented player on this team. Yeah, is, is Mari Cooper still good? Like, I mean, are we sure about that? I don't think he's washed. With- with really, with really bad, with really, really bad quarterback play, even once Watson was back, he had eleven hundred yards and nine touchdowns. Yeah, that's that's like wow. That, that's good. Renaissance Renaissance year for our man Amari Cooper, kind of cementing yeah. himself as one of the greats, in my opinion. But and then they had yeah. they added Dalvin Tomlinson and Zadarius Smith to go with Miles Garrett. Um, they have uh, Jeremiah Usakamoro Cormo is good. They um. They added uh, Juan Thornhill uh, to the secondary. Um, they have Emerson in a second year. They have Greg Newsom. Like they've got Denzel Ward. They've got a good defensive secondary. This is a good team. Like when they you have look at when you look at this roster season. though, when you look at this roster though, doesn't it just isn't it just a list of guys who always get injured? Like that's what it. Yes, that is a big <laughs> problem. Here. That's like, like that's like this when, when I look at it, I'm if like, you turn I'm off like, injuries oh, okay. on Madden, you're like Super Bowl, and then you're like, wait a minute. 
wait, yeah. wait, this is wait a minute. <laughs> just a list of guys, list of guys who get hurt. Like that's all it is. And and I don't trust Watson anymore. Like he he really did not show me anything at the end of last year. There's a million reasons why that would have happened though. So it's hard to say. Like I'm definitely rooting for him to be terrible, but he might not. Be. You guys heard that. We're going to cut that out. I'm going to edit that. I'm definitely rooting for him in regards to <laughs> Sean Watson. <laughs> I'm going to leave the rest of that. St- I believe Sean Sean Watson has been doing his own rooting and that is the problem. Um, Or I guess getting others to root for him. Uh, So I am going to. Did you speak it up to Sean Watson? Did you see that? um, uh, Who was it? Someone tweeted. uh, I need. uh, Oh, it was. It was um, Micah Parsons. He was like, I need a massage therapist in the in the Dallas area or something like that. And then everyone was just putting Deshaun Watson gifts and stuff in the (laughs) comments. Not, Not good. Not good. Not um, all right. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to put a win here, but I could easily see this one going either way. I think um, the Lions, Giants and Browns are kind of all in that same territory of if we could take two out of three of those. Um, that says a lot about us being a playoff team. OK, you guys have a team right now at six and one. I have them at five and two. We go to Baltimore. Um, and I think for me, this is a likely, a like more likely loss. I love what Baltimore did this offseason, particularly finally getting rid of Greg Greg Roman. Uh, they now <laughs> they now they now have no longer have a terrorist uh, dominating their offense and just doing stupid stuff. They go no they go to by Roman. They go to one of the most creative offensive coordinators who always seems to get the most out of the players in situations that he's he has put in and so yeah i love what baltimore did this offseason i think they're kind of they're sneaky right now because everyone's just talking about the Bengals and how good the Bengals are and i think baltimore has a really good shot to win that division i'm more scared of baltimore than cincinnati am i crazy for that kevin what do you think uh those are my 1a 1b and i think they will be for the foreseeable future now that they have lamar locked down um i it's sure i think that's a perfectly defensible position uh, especially if J.K. Dobbins can stay healthy, because I think um, having Dobbins and Edwards as a one-two punch in the backfield to go with Lamar is really dangerous. Um, Their wide receivers Andrew's got back, better, a lot better too. Their wide yeah, even though they got Zay Flowers way too early, I do think their wide receivers are much better. I agree. I mean, with Zay Flowers and OBJ, they're going to get productive secondary uh, or productive production out of wide receiver in a way that they were not able to in the past. Like yep. that. That's. Now the problem is they just never been able to get consistent production. And Bateman, Bateman is still good. Like Rashad Bateman's still there and he's still good. Yep. So, yeah. And they got uh Adafe Owe um in you know, he's got another season under his belt. They'll have uh Roquan the whole season. Um they picked up Trenton Simpson, who might be able to take over Patrick Queen's job where he's been kind of underwhelming. Um if they can get a pass rush going at all, they drafted I Patrick Queen really to replace solid. Patrick Queen. It's a good move. This is Patrick Queen too. <laughs> Patrick Queen to the reckoning. I mean, it's really uh, just feels like they actually this. tackles. Uh, that was okay. one thing that Patrick Maybe. Queen did not do in college. Yeah, he did not do it. All right, Eric, uh, are you are you also afraid of Baltimore? Like me and Kevin, are they a spooky team for you as well? I am. I think the only way we can win this game is in a fluke way where we have lost two games already. Like maybe we're coming off a loss to the Browns, and the season's getting ugly, and then all of a sudden inspirational Whoa. victory Seahawks beat the Ravens because let's let's face it that's probably how reality will happen because it's like oh we were going to beat that team oh we were going to beat that team hey we won that t- against that team we weren't supposed to win against so uh having said that though we're counting wins losses this one was a loss can I give you a different proposal 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ty? Our run, our run defense has Jordan Brooks back, and we have Brooks and Bobby Wagner in the middle to fill, and our defensive line ends up being the best version of itself we think it could be as far as the run game goes. Like, right. there is a scenario where in the back half of this year, we have one of the best defenses in the NFL. All right. Well, speaking of best defense in the NFL, just, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, the Commanders at Ooh. home, week 10. Uh, Sam Howell, likely to be their starting quarterback. Does that name strike fear into your heart, Eric? The Commanders are going to be rejuvenated because Daniel Snyder is no longer their owner. They still need to figure out their team name. Uh, you got a new owner. Probably bring more, even more new helmets. Just change, in. change it to the Tutties, right? And just yeah. really go in on Major Tutty. All the Major Tutties. I'd probably buy a Major Tutty jersey. I think I, pro- I propose we call them the Fighting Tutties this season. I'm, Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm Hell looking yeah. at starting a, a Major Tutty podcast here. Uh, this is uh, this should be a win. I don't care from in the Tutty Snout. What? <laughs> uh, wh- how many losses you've counted? Anywhere on the schedule, I think this is a win for us. If we're a playoff team, or even if we're a uh, a brink uh, playoff team, where like you could go either way, like in or out by one game, this is a win. Okay, Kevin, would you agree? Uh, do you fear, I think, or do you fear the Tutty? Uh, I think that uh, I remember the Tutty, um, but <laughs> uh, it, I just this roster is not that good like it just really isn't and sam howell is not my biggest concern on this roster he might be my biggest concern on the offense um i actually think the offense around him is pretty good this defense is just questions like they're relying on linebackers that we don't know if they can actually tackle defensive backs that we don't know if they can actually cover and a defensive line that just has to get pressure like, man, this is this is a team that can take apart a team that has a bad offensive line. But I think that uh, we're not that team anymore. I think this should be a win by far. At Ram, at Rams. Oh, I yep. I said I said win already, right? At yep. Rams, uh, easy easy dub. I, I don't like the Rams at all this year. They they really feel like they're like in the midst of some kind of like horrific. Tank pseudo tank i don't even know how to describe it it's just it's it's but they're not tanking because they don't have they didn't have any draft picks you know and so like it's not it's not quite tanking it's uh tanking light they're just gonna be bad they're not gonna be good at football so however you however you feel about that they will get a 2024 (laughs) first round pick um yeah that's so they do have their first round pick next year so tanking actually does something for them this time (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why Sean McVay is still coaching this team. Like, I I thought it... it's weird too because like he it seemed like he was trying to take a week a year off, like he was trying to like get out of coaching for a year, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then all of a sudden he just came back for no reason, and then now he's got like broken down Stafford and like the shell of the team that he took to the Super Bowl because like it's just there's there's not just there's not a lot left. There's just not a lot left on this roster. It's just. Stafford, Cup, and Donald, and everyone. I wonder else if behind just... the scenes they gave him more roster control so that he can like rebuild the roster on how the next he wants. roster. Yeah, because they they know they're going to be bad. Like, there's no way they didn't know after 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 Stafford got hurt last year. They basically knew like, okay, we're going to be bad for for a while, and that Stafford contract is impossible to get out of. 
So they either need to like rehabilitate him or convince him to retire. Yep. <laughs> Which he's yep. not going to do. Why would you walk away from $200 million? So it's just Stafford's going to be out there just trying his best, just being the backup for Caleb Williams or whatever ends up happening next year. So yeah, yeah. there's a really legitimate chance that I, uh, in our week 11 game in LA, we are playing against the advertisements for Stetson Bennett Kia of of Atlanta. I cannot believe Les Miles <laughs> said that Stetson Bennett was the number one quarterback on his board. Like there are lies and then there's that. That's just unacceptable. You can't say that. That you can love Stetson Bennett as much as you want. He was not the number one quarterback on your board. That's a fireable there's, offense. There's no <laughs> effing way. And if he was, yeah, seriously, put him in the in the street. Like he should not he, he lucked his way into the title. There's no way that he thinks that. Ridiculous. I'm fair. I'm very angry about it. <laughs> anyway, Eric, do you, do you agree that that at Los Angeles is a win? Uh, it is a win. Uh, Kevin said something really interesting when, if for week one against the Rams, he said this will be the best version of the Rams we play. I agree with that. That's what kind of gives me pause in week one. This week, it should be it'll be a close game because it's Sean McVay in division, but and yeah, on the road, yeah, on the road. Okay, at this point, the schedule turns. Uh, you have us. You guys, you boys have us at eight and two. I have us at seven and three. And I think those are pretty reasonable predictions. But this is the point where the schedule gets absolutely brutal, brutal and bonkers. And I oh. think the Seahawks need to get to this point at at least seven and three. If they get to this point and they're five and six, you can pack it up, boys. We are done. If you, even if we're six, even if we're like six and four, I think it's going to be really hard to make the playoffs. I think six and four because, is out too. Because this is an absolutely brutal end of schedule. One of the whoever makes a schedule at the NFL is just a huge jag off like for doing this. Like this is, I, when I looked at the schedule, I was so mad about the way the schedule ends. So we start off Thursday night at home Thanksgiving. in San Francisco on Thanksgiving on NBC. Thanks. Thanks for nothing. Seriously. I just cannot, a, a home primetime game on a short week against the, the defense that like we really struggled against last year. Thanks. Thanks for nothing. I hope that I'm, I got to put it in as a loss for me. I just, it's absolutely brutal. And this is the team like we need to be facing coming off a bye or at our best. And to do it like this, where it's just, it's frustrating. Eric, what do you think? Uh, Adding to what you said, I'm not, I'm not sure we have the home team advantage we've had for so long dating back to, I don't know, since we first got the new building, boys, in what, 2000? 2000? Was that the year? Yeah. Um, I guess it, used since... to be, it used to be like, hey, we're going 7-1 and one at home. We're going 8-0 eight, eight yeah. at home. Even with Trent Dilfer, it was it just, just like 6-2 like yeah, we were... at home. And in recent memory, ever since the pandemic, I think... I think I mean, home games even before like, the even before the pandemic, it just felt like home field advantage was dying, right? Like yeah, it was dying a slow it. a slow death. And I don't think it's anything like oh, the twelfth man is not stepping up. It's none of that nonsense. It's just something about it, like the tides are turning and it's not what it used to be. Uh, I maybe think the football is catching make, up with other difference sports. on the lines. Uh, yeah, and, make... uh, I I don't know if we're just not as loud. I don't know. Either way, because of that, that's part of it. Uh, four days rest, not even. Uh, yeah, this is this is not going to be a fun game. I think that we're going to play with quote a lot of heart, uh, and it's not going to be a blowout. Um, sorry, I went yes. to a 
I went to the T-Birds game this last Friday oh, yeah, and uh, to watch him watch him hoist the cup. And I was next to some people that were like, it's going to come down to who wants it more. Yeah, yeah. Love, yeah. Love it that comes, down, comes down to who wants it more to the hockey team that hasn't lost in this playoffs yet. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, that's uh, that's uh, that's how I feel about this game. It's going to be hard fought, but we will we will definitely lose this one. Yeah, Kevin, do you think that the 49ers are favored here? Is it- uh, 49ers should be favored. I think that this is a winnable game. Um, I think there's a chance their quarterback situation is messy enough that if our defense plays up, um, it could be good. To piggyback on what Eric was saying, the big reason, in my opinion, the Legion of Boom era, we had a big home field advantage. A lot of that had to do with your pass rush getting like a quarter or a half second because of delays in messaging can be a big difference when you have guys like Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett that can get to the quarterback. We added Draymond Jones. We have uh, Uchenna Nwosu. We have bolstered our pass rush with young players over the last couple of years. If our pass rush takes a bit of a step, I could see it being enough of a difference maker that we can get up on them in a way that allows them to not just run at us over and over. But it really that's, depends. Like you have that's to. That's what we got to do. Is we got to. We got to stop Christian McCaffrey and and Debo Samuel. Now, the good thing about that is like those players could be injured by the time we get to this week. Yeah, one the, or the both complex- of them should very easily. The be complexion injured. of this game could be very different if Christian McCaffrey has a knee injury and uh, Brandon I- and then like one of Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel is hurt. All if of a sudden, Nick like got indicted for January six or something. Like, it's, there's a lot of reasons why they might be missing some of their top players. So and uh, that it's really not it's not an if, but if all rosters being even, like base roster as of now, like I just got to put it in as a loss, right? Like it's it's just it's yes. It, there's a lot can happen between now and week twelve, and we could be looking at this game completely differently by that point. Um, they could be on, uh, you know, Brock Purdy wasn't it, and now they're on Trey Lance, and he's also not it. it like it, it could it could be a problem. I will say this one thing: I one San Francisco note I want to make in general. They picked a kicker in round three and everyone talked about how great it was. And I'm just like, I'm worst. like, I have to, I have to read all these think pieces about how the Seahawks drafting running backs is terrible, but now it's genius move to draft a third round kicker. I, I can't take this anymore. I can't take it. Like it, I have a Shawn no- Michaels gif I could post about this. There's nothing more replaceable on an NFL. There's nothing more replaceable on an NFL roster than than a freaking kicker. There's a really it's decent like, chance that kicker gets cut in the next two seasons because that's how kickers work. They're the yeah, relief like, pitchers of you football. Can, you can go from being the best kicker in the league to being the being a guy who knocks the Seahawks single handedly out of the playoffs, Blair Walsh. So yeah, like it's he was like awesome, and then all of a sudden it just it was gone. And that, that same thing can happen to any of these guys. And it wasn't like Jake Moody was like the greatest, the greatest kicker of all time in college. He just made a bunch of game-winning kicks and got a bunch of attention. Like I don't, I don't think he I was. I love a, how the like, analysts now have to defend a third-round kicker based on how clutch yeah. he is. Somewhere yeah, there's exactly. a shaking PFF intern, and it's my favorite thing. Like Jake Moody, Jake Moody. Like, am I gonna say he's bad? No, he's not bad. And he and it was cool that he made all those game winning kicks. But they were like thirty five yard field goals. Who cares? Like, he's not Justin Tucker. This is and if Justin Tucker was in this draft, like, I'm not even sure you take him in round three because the drop off from Justin Tucker to the second best kicker isn't that big. And I love Justin Tucker. I think anyone can tell you. I put him up in the auction first every single year because he's like my favorite football player. So I love Justin Tucker, but it's not. It's just not it. It's just not it. Don't do it. Okay. Uh, 
Thursday night again. Back-to-back Thursday night games. So we get a full week of rest between Thursday night games. That's a thing. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah I guess. And a couple days. This is the real bye week part two, boys. Thursday night, we get to go. We had another Thursday night game, and it's at Dallas. Um, and I, Eric, what do you, how, do, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> phrase it to you that way. Uh, <laughs> Did you like them a- drafting from the Death Star? It's... <laughs> <laughs> I like that video where the guy drafted his son. That was super cool. That yeah, I mean, but, I mean, but they were literally drafting from the Death Star. Yeah, like, it, like like somebody got force choked in that war room. It was yeah. the exact same scene from no, New Hope. Yeah, they well, they didn't have to force it. Jerry Jones would. You don't have to force him to choke him. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was that's right. The Cowboys like, choke all on their likes, own. I got you. Likes, we're good. He likes getting got choked. There. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a chance the that the Cowboys. There's a chance that the Cowboys encounter some terrible injury news by this time. Like Dak Prescott hasn't played in three weeks, and they're they're having a lot of quarterback turnover. Tyron uh, Smith if, misses his annual uh, seven games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this game is winnable that way. If the Cowboys are rolling, I have this as a loss. So I think you should put me down as a loss only because I probably missed one earlier, and I can't just count on the Cowboys having terrible luck with injury. You know, it's never fun. So uh, I'm with you, Eric. Like if all things yeah. being equal, like this has got to You got to put it in and chuck it in as like a like pro- a probable loss, more likely loss than win. Uh, I hate the Cowboys as much as the next person, but they always find their way into like losing in the first round of the playoffs or the second round in most in the most agonizing fashion. So and, and that, that's their fate. That's what they got to do. So they're going to get in the wild card and they'll lose because Dak didn't take a knee fast enough or some guy dropped a some tight end dropped a pass. Like that's just that is that is who they are. That's the and to get to the playoffs you got to win games and this seems like a game that they should be favored to win. What do you think, Kevin? Uh I think that the they're also coming off a full week. question. They're obviously they're coming off a full week of rest too because they get the they get the 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 Fox There's, Thanksgiving yes. game every year. So uh, adding Brandon Cooks is a really good move. Um, having Ceedee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup as your top three receivers way to trade away Amari Cooper and not really miss a big step. Yeah, um, Tyler Smith, I think, was a good rookie pick for them. Their offensive line seems to be on the way up a little bit, but they have massive health questions with their two best offensive linemen in Tyron Smith and Zach Martin. Um, Dak Prescott, uh, if he can play a full healthy season, I think he's a really underrated quarterback. People like to write him off for no real reason. Um, like this is a good roster, but a thin roster. Uh, that being said, I think that I have to put it down as a loss just because of where it's sandwiched in the schedule and everything. And now we get the mini, we get a little mini buy, a little 10 day, 10 days off. Uh, then we get to go, then we get to go to San Francisco. All healed so up, que- boys. So Kevin, the question well, we becomes: to Santa Clara. Okay, all right, Super Bowl eighty hosts or whatever they well, they got the twenty twenty seven Super Bowl or something. I don't know that stadium. By the way, I, I've been to that stadium not for not for football but for WrestleMania. I hate it so much. Everything is so expensive in that stadium. It was like fifteen dollars for a bottle of water. This is before the pandemic and the inflation went crazy. It is an absurd place. Anyway, uh, Kevin at San Francisco. It, it's, can we get a, can we get a win here coming off the mini buy, or do you think that the San Francisco should be favored here as well? I have to put us down for two losses against the 49ers just because until we see injuries shake out, until we see this staff able to come up with a plan to uh, mitigate the 49ers pass rush and their run game, 
Um, like the Seahawks have to prove to me they can do it. Last season, we lost to this team three times. Normally, I'm like, okay, I'll just put it down as a split because division things happen. Both are good teams. It should be a split. No. Uh, Pete Carroll and company need to prove to me that they can beat the 49ers. Until then, I'm putting it down as a loss. I agree. It just seems like right now, like styles make fights. You know, people say that, and this is a good, great running team with a really good defense, and that is a bad matchup for us because they're just a better version of what we want to be at this point. And that doesn't mean that we can't surpass them this year. Our team is extremely young. By the end of the season, we could feel completely different about this because if our development curves start to really take off, our young players start to be really good, we could be better than them by the end of the season. And luckily, we only play them at the end of the season. But for now, based on what we know and just kind of assuming all things being equal, I also think I'm putting it down as a loss. Eric, does the mini buy turn this to a win for you or are you also in the loss column? It's hard because last year I didn't think that the 49ers had it, and they they did indeed had it. Um, I think that they should have lost in the uh, in the well, uh, shoot the what is it the final round the the East Coast fi- the West Coast final I can't even remember the NFC Championship game thank NFC you game. too many other sports guys sorry <laughs> that's what I was thinking I was like that's not what it's called what is it. Uh, they deserve to lose to the Eagles. The Eagles were the better team, and I think they proved that even if uh, San Francisco's quarterback uh, died that game. I just feel like with what Kyle Shanahan can do with quarterbacks and how they've quickly reloaded this team, I can't put this as a win. I just can't. I think this game is the winnable one. For some reason, I think going into San Francisco and winning is more po- uh, po- possible in regards to the the four days of rest that we have uh, hitting them at home, but no, the, I, this is a loss. Well, you might think it gets easier here, but you'd be wrong because we're back home for the soup, uh, NFC champion Eagles. The Eagles are really <laughs> this, good. This, just, this part just of the schedule sucks so bad. And this is another team that's a terrible matchup for us because of the running game, their running team with the, with the great. So really like for me, this part of the schedule where we play San Francisco twice, uh, Dallas and Philadelphia, it really comes down to have we figured out how to stop the run? If we have figured out how to stop the run, we can get wins in this part of the schedule. But if we are even uh, just only slightly better stopping the run compared to last year, this part of the schedule is a nightmare. It is just an absolute terrifying uh, nightmare <laughs> nightmare scenario thing where – like the only game, the most winnable game at Dallas is just in a horrible spot in the schedule coming off these back to back weird Thursday games. If we I, split this four game run and go two and two, that is such a Bowl. massive victory. We're going to the Super yeah, Bowl. Because <laughs> the 49ers and the Eagles are the two teams that you have to play through to get to the Super Bowl in the NFC. I think yeah. we all agree on that. Yes. So, uh, okay. The Eagles, is it, do we, does anyone have this as a win? I'm just going to go that <laughs> direction. No. No, I mean, either. no, but I will. Let's look at these four games uh, since we have the Eagles as a uh, a loss all of all the way around. Is there a chance we get out of here one and three? Yeah, yes, absolutely. And I, okay, I, I, I think if you come shot. out of this one and three, if you think it's a decent shot, I think that's pretty good for the schedule because this is murderer's row and one and three. I'll tell you right now, like. Okay, don't one and, play the one games. And th- one and three is one we three. win the one and three we, we win the division. Like I think that okay. that's that this four game stretch determines whether we can win the division or we're slipping into the sixth seventh playoff spot. For me, for me personally. Okay. Um, okay. At Tennessee, that team is is, is absolutely disgusting. I don't like finally that. I don't, finally reprieve. 
I think they're better than people give them credit for, but I do not think they're better than us. And I think this is a good chance for us to finally bounce back. Kevin, would you agree? Or do you, do you like Mike Rabel is really coaching his way into the Pete Carroll, uh, slash, uh, um, Pencil me in for nine wins at at a minimum because just like like, (laughs) we're going to go about 500 if we're having a terrible year. Um, So for that reason, they're always a bit of a threat. But like, I still don't believe Traylon Burks is the truth in any way, shape or form. So I'm not really sure who an aging Ryan Tannehill or possibly Will Levis is throwing to. The the passing options in that in Tennessee are dire. Like, I kind of want to have Traylon Burks in fantasy just because who else do they throw to? It's like there ain't Nick, anybody what, else Nick on West this Brooks, roster. Ikeny? <laughs> it's like that he's going to get like 150 Racy targets just by, necess- just by necessity. He's not going to be good, <laughs> but, he's good. but it's like how who else do they throw to? Like this guy's going to get half the targets just because he's like the only Kyle Phillips one who is it. a decent slot receiver. But their I also tight end feel like is Traylon good. Burke's the, best role is a decent slot receiver. This what's their not, young tight end's name, Kevin? He's got like a, uh, like a uh, crazy uh, name. Chigo, not crazy, uh, but just uh, a name Okonkwo. I've never seen before. Yeah, that guy. That guy rules. Like he's pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, Okonkwo's good. Uh, Josh Wiley, I think, was a solid pickup for them, based on how they use those players. And Alize Mack was not a bad guy for them to pick up either. But yeah, it's uh, and they need to use Tyshay Spears because apparently his leg is going to fall off in two seasons. Yeah. All right, uh, we all have it as a win. Yeah. Uh, versus Pittsburgh. Yes. All right, that's a win. We hate Kenny Pickett. Uh, I don't know. No one. No one's gonna pick Pittsburgh. No one has the guts to pick Pittsburgh. Correct. I have the guts to pick Pittsburgh. Oh my gosh, Eric, I hate it. Why do you pick Pittsburgh? Because I don't think it's likely that we finish the last three games win, win, win. Uh, Mike Tomlin is still one of the best coaches in the NFL, and he's going to get the most out of all his players. Uh, looking at Pittsburgh's schedule, there's a chance that they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot around that 500 mark. Um, the only thing that gives us the edge is the home team. And honestly, I think the Titans... Well, well, the only thing other than the, the, the home team and our roster is better. Like, well, and I, I didn't want to... Well, yeah, <laughs> overall, Smith, our roster is better. Geno Smith but, better than Kenny Pickett. Like, uh, I would take Ken Walker and Charbonnet over Najee and Warren. This, I, is, this is Kenny Pickett's second year. We'll see how good he is or if he is still the quarterback. That Titans game, I didn't want to belabor yeah, the point, they, but they Derrick Henry a, may not be playing for that team, which is why I think we get the win. Here, they, they did get Trubisky team. that big contract, yet, Eric. They gave him that four-year deal, right? Well, they three you? years or four years? I mean, <laughs> Trubisky's, Trubisky's <laughs> they something do? else, man. They were like, we got to have Trubisky the entire time we have Kenny Pickett. That was what they, that was what they uh, decided. This is honestly where I'll pick up that other loss. So okay, I'm going to go ahead enough. and call this a loss. Well, you don't I want to like do... to say we haven't won three straight to end a season since all the way back in 2021. Um, okay. So it's a long time. Just, just yeah, at, the year before last <laughs> at Arizona. That's a dub. Uh, that's a super dub. I don't even know uh, what this Arizona especially because be. we're going to be fighting for a playoff spot at that point. Like that's going to be a game we need to win to get in the playoffs. And there's no way we're letting Arizona beat us to, to make a playoff spot. So I'll, me, Eric and I have us at 10 and seven and Kevin at 11 and six. And if you told me, Hey, we're going to have between 10 and 12 wins. I would say you are exactly right. <laughs> so we're right. We're right in range right here for what I kind of expected. It's a tough schedule. And especially those four weeks towards the end of the season are absolutely just it's just brutality and how we kind of weather those tough weeks. And then the early buy will really determine where this team is. I would be surprised if this team did not have a winning record at the end of the season. That's a, that's kind of what, where I'll say that. 
Um, if the team is not nine and eight, that would be a huge letdown for me personally. Would you guys agree with that? If we don't go at a yeah. minimum nine and eight? Yeah. 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 Okay. But that's that, that's like, the, there's a lot of very winnable games on the schedule to go with the, the hard stuff. So, all right, that's it. Um, tell us what you think about the schedule in the discord, or uh, I guess you can message me on Twitter, but I, won't, I probably won't see it for like a week. There are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest. Uh, thank you, Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, Dudolf, for the 2G, Evan, Flocktimus, Gavin, Greta, James, Jones, Joshua, Lucas, Malcolm, Micah, Rad, Dad, Nikki, C, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Daniel, Dave, Foles, Jay, Luke, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick. And then also, if you don't have any money and you're broke, go to iTunes and give us a review. We haven't gotten one in a long time. It really helps us with the algorithm. Okay. The... Uh, I, have you guys ever you guys create content and also Eric I know you create uh, alternate content uh, like content outside of this you ever see someone tweet something and you're just like dang I really wish I would have or or maybe Eric for you it's like an Instagram post and you're like man I wish I would have thought of that like that's yes. a really cool idea Absolutely. and like it's something I would have thought of it but I just didn't think of it and now I see it and it's like oh I wish I would have thought of that you ever had that happen oh yeah yeah okay so like that's that feeling hit me hard the other day because i there was a tweet and it was um you know nintendo and illumination are looking at options for making a zelda movie and then someone and, uh, and then there's a bunch of comments and someone quote tweeted it and they put why would why would you need to make a zelda movie when the best one's already been made and it was just like four still pictures from princess mononoke and i was like this is just Ooh, the greatest this is the greatest tweet mm. and i just how did i not think of this this is such a good idea and then i was like well i have been thinking a lot about zelda because i've been playing tears of the kingdom and i i people when people ask me about the game they say like how do you like it so far what do you like about it and i just say the thing about this game is i think about it all the time when i'm not playing it i'm thinking about it like the game is like in my brain like i'm always always thinking about it and the coolest thing about the game is is there's a million different ways to engage with it it's like the one of the coolest games i've ever played in my life and i'm so anyway that got me and I've been thinking about Zelda a lot and I saw this tweet and I was like, you know what we should do movie club, Princess Mononoke, the greatest Zelda movie of all time. So um, let's talk. Let me talk a little generally. Uh, Princess Mononoke, 1997 Japanese animated film uh, made by Hao Miyazaki. Probably many would agree the greatest um, anime filmmaker of all time. Uh, this was one of the first movies that got like the full on um, English language blowout experience uh, where every single voice actor in this movie is like someone that absolutely matters. I don't know any other way to put it. Like every and there voice are also actor people is people that can voice act, which is uh, not always the same thing. They're all good voice actors who who like do good voice acting. Whereas, you know, some so you hear that when you hear sometimes you hear the, the dub of a, a, a Japanese movie animated movie. And you hear it's like the same voices you hear in every movie. And you're like, all right, it's like, it's spike from cowboy bebop again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or you that's my example. Cause that, I don't know what that guy's name is, but that guy is in literally like everything spike from cowboy bebop. Uh, he just is in a million. Different I think, uh, I think the main character Kaneda in Akira was the voice of Leonardo in the turtles cartoon. So there you go. That guy's name is Steve Blum. And yeah, he's in he's in Star Wars Rebels, Samurai Champloo, The Big O, Naruto. He plays Wolverine in the Marvel movies. He's in Call of Duty, Metal Gear Solid. Like that, you don't understand what I'm saying. Like there's these these voices, and they always sound exactly prolific. the same. They're prolific, and the, but they're in everything. It's crazy. So yeah, 
in this movie though we got the we got billy crudup playing the lead as prince ashitaka the plot of the movie is basically prince ashitaka his village is attacked by like a, a hideous demon uh he is able to uh destroy prince ashtaka is able to destroy the demon but he's cursed before his death and kind of cursed to wander the earth looking for the cure although he doesn't at first he just thinks he's cursed like it's over he can't return to his homeland it's over i'm dead i'm gonna die but then he he finds out that you know he might be able to get help from great forest spirit or from for some other from some other uh things and he goes on kind of like a great quest i don't really think like the 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 story details matter too much in this well, in this it's movie cool like in that it's an arthurian quest and so it has this very simple conceit that allows you to do a lot of interesting things inside of it yeah i was gonna say what's cool about this movie is like it's like it's like avatar in that like it's the, the plot is relatively simple right there's not just there's not a lot of lot going in this plot but the way that this movie explores it's like really heavy themes is is what makes this movie really special this movie has a lot of really heavy themes about like there's like, like a um, nuance. No nuance. Okay, so I'm gonna let Eric talk first, uh, and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna go uh, kind of deeper on the themes. But Eric, I know you had thoughts about this movie. Uh, what what are we, what were you thinking? Yeah, so like I was telling you guys before, I haven't seen this movie in uh, it's got to be like 16 years. It's I saw it I think right after the dub was announced. I don't think I revisited. Maybe I did. Um, I remember loving this movie. I, I really should probably watch it tonight if uh, you know before the wife gets home uh, from her little vacation. Um, I remember the voice acting, like you said, being a bunch of stars and being all bangers. But man, I also remember it not being very good. Like um, it wasn't like I prefer the Japanese dub, like Kevin does to a lot of movies. Uh, the sound in this movie is really special. Where. Uh, when they're in the forest, something about the the feeling the music's, of music music swells and the, the music oh. swells are great, but also just the sound effects of the forest. Yes, it the, felt like the an actual really yeah, well the with. woods. It wasn't just like crunching on leaves or like rustling of bushes. It was how they did it fully. Listen to when they fire the arrows in the war scenes. Every single cartoon, every single animation, it's always the the thrung of the string of the of the bowstring and here it's the creaking of the wood and i remember that blowing me away rewinding the dvd just to hear that again um the designs of the characters the soldiers uh it's just ominous and still beautiful um this movie is really special and really good and uh you know where i don't think you can ever say that miyazaki like oh this is his best because it's so divisive because everyone has their favorite. Uh, I think you could say this is his best and, you know, it will be on a lot of people's top three. Yeah. So, um, okay, let's, let's dig, let's dig into the themes. All right. So first there's this really strong, like environmentalism theme, this idea of like, um, there's a lot of ideas here, like nature versus culture, like the savageness of nature versus like the, when culture goes too far and it becomes like um, mechanized, rigid, uh, like kind of like we're seeing with the AI taking over all our jobs or whatever. But you see this kind of um, this kind of uh, when it goes, technology goes too far, and there's this battle in this movie between like nature and uh, and kind of uh, development that I think is really really cool. And so you have the character of um, Lady Aboshi, who 
uh, for a villain character is promote is shown really sympathetically, right? She loves the lepers and she um, she's really like a like a strong leader. But she's she's uh, she's, she's, she's doing something. Just they do a real good job of letting her have a viable justification for what she is doing. So she's not just a mindless villain. She is a villain of circumstance. Yeah, but what she what she wants to do, Kevin? She wants to chop off the head of the forest spirit and present it to the emperor. Like that's that's a that's a pretty evil uh, motive, right? I feel like yeah. And a, the reason character. why is that she um, she looks at nature as interfering with progress, and so yeah. and they, she's beholden to the concept of progress in a way that like goes too far. And they went heavy on the progress. Progress Town is called Iron Town. <laughs> Like yes. they were like, this is, this is progress town, iron. And town. like and then, the way that the shots and everything change when you go in. And so like it, like it's oftentimes dark. They're in these like rooms. There's always like, there's always work sounds happening. Even in the middle of the night, you can hear like people cooking and stuff. Like, like what Eric was saying about the audio on it, the, the ambiance inside the town feels so different than when you get out into the countryside. And like one thing I like about this, though, the way this movie presented it is it's not presented purely as like nature, good uh, development and culture, bad or human culture, bad. Like it's not like one is good and one is bad, because at the end of the movie, the main character chooses to go. It's about balance. Right. And he chooses Mm -hmm. the main character chooses to live in in Irontown and make it better and, you know, live more harmoniously with nature, whether they're still going to make progress, but we're going to live more harmoniously uh, with nature, which I think is like. I think really uh, a better message than like a heavy handed, just like, Oh, the, you got us, you know, environment, good uh, humans, bad. I think it's like a really nuanced take that um, people can really connect with. Cause you know, you just, otherwise you end up with like that, like faux eugenics, like, like, Oh, we need to start <laughs> making sure people don't have babies and stuff. And it's like, nah, that ain't it. That ain't it. Like we got to just figure out, you know, a different way. So yeah, I really like the, the, the messaging in this movie. Uh, I think it's really great. So, okay, what else? You guys got more more thoughts on this movie before I go into my my uh letterboxed uh my favorite letterboxed reviews for this movie? Uh yeah, just to speak on it kind of you you touched on it a little bit, but I just want to go further in. Um the way that uh Lady Abushi is shown uh taking care of her people and she the loves, loyalty she loves that the they lepers. show. She loves the uh, lepers. But also like the workers, like the wives, mm-hmm. the the whole joke interplay between like the wives and the husband and the husbands and the um people working in the factory town versus people going outside of it. Like uh Lady Abushi is not like an apologist for all people. It's that she's trying to do the best she can. Like I uh I just like the way that again, it, it feels like like she's the villain, but again, it feels more like it's a villain of circumstance. Like there's a different story in which she's the hero. Yeah. Hmm. Um. All right. Uh, okay. You ready for for my favorite reviews? Um. <laughs> so this is one expected fewer severed limbs from this movie for some reason. Some, but fewer. <laughs> <laughs> um. Then uh, there's one uh, that says, uh, if I met a girl who was raised by wolves and hated me, I would also do a bunch of stupid shit to impress her. That's, that's reasonable. Uh, uh, why Why is everyone trying to kill the deer god? He's just chilling. Uh, then 
yeah, I mean, this movie's just insane. Like, just you should you should watch it if you've never seen it. Um, the little Kodamas are so cute too. The little uh, little creatures, forest children. You of the missed forest. my favorite one. Wait, go ahead. Thinking about the three dead plants sitting in my apartment right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just thought that was a very simple way of like that's that's just funny. This guy, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's really like it's a great movie and. It, yeah, it's the plot. The plot of Zelda, the newer Zelda games is like totally inspired by by works like this. So if you love uh, if you love Breath of the Wild, I would say this is a huge uh, go. If you love the movie Avatar and you want to watch like a good version, this is yeah. this is uh, <laughs> this is instead of just a bang average pretty one, this is where you should go. So that's it. This one's also pretty, but it's also very good. Yeah, for Kevin, for Eric, we will see you all next week. Go hot.